You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Next, featuring intimate and in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood's next edition of Stars and Influences. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, next. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Black Hollywood Live. Next, I am your host, Megan Thomas, and we have another host today with us. What's your name, lady? Hello, everyone. I'm Courtney Tezanel. So happy to be here. Yes! And as always, right here on Next, we always have the hottest stars who are up next in the business. Today's no exception. We have the beautifully talented, pint-sized beauty. Her name is Miss Carla Renata. Give it up for her, y'all. You are. Okay, kettle. (laughs) How tall are you, by the way? I say I'm 5'2", but I know I'm shorter than that. Oh, no! Girl, you know if you uh, below 4'11", you can get some benefits from the government. (laughs) Megan! I'm saying. I don't think I'm below 4'11". Megan. I'm saying, I don't know if you are, but I'm saying if you are, girl, you better claim it. Yes. Get your benefits for free. (laughs) So let's talk about what's going on in the world today. Um, It's the last, uh, what is it, last Friday of February, which is... Black History Month. And the of course, shortest month of the year. Right. Why oh, does that have to why? be the shortest month? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it is, unfortunately. So let's talk about um, somebody who that we never really heard of. Because we typically hear about the same people for Black History Month. Your Frederick Douglasses, Harriet Tubman. Who else? Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Like the same people. So we decided to pick somebody you never really heard of. But she's, she, she deserves uh, just as much credit as everyone else during Black History Month. This is Maggie Lena Walker that you see on the screens. She was the first woman bank president in the United States. Okay. And this was back in 1903, honey. Wow. You didn't know that, right? I didn't know, I didn't that, know that either. That. Yeah, I so she, she actually, she started off as a school teacher. Um, and then she got married. And I guess back in that day when you got married, you stopped working. So she had more time to work at um, a fraternal organization called the Independent Order of St. Luke Society. So it's basically an organization that helped black people, helped with insurance and burial benefits for black people, which which is very honorable. Um, and so she saw an opportunity for them and started a bank. And it was called the St. Luke Penny Savings Bank. And she was the president of it from 1903 until 1932. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, That's yes. kind of fantabulous. Right. I'm like, You know, okay, she was a boss back in the day. Hello. (laughs) Hello. And then she also ran for um, Republican. She ran as a Republican for the state superintendent of public instruction because basically the state superintendent. So the big education person in the state. And I was like, that is big. Well, check out. Right. So shout out to you, Maggie Lena Walker. We celebrate you today. Yes. (laughs) Black History Month. Ding. All right. She said ding. I know, right? So let's move on to some casting news. So um, the Oscars were this past week, yes. and uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on. So Zendaya actually, um, she showed up at the Oscars, mm-hmm. and Zendaya unfortunately had some 
some people say some stuff about her. If you if you remember seeing her, she had the dreadlocks, correct? Yes. Oh, I remember. Yeah, she had that. She was looking beautiful. You know, I used to play her mom on Shake It Up. That's why I was going to ask you about mm-hmm. that. Because mm-hmm. you worked with her on Shake It Up. Mm-hmm. And here she is. She's a beautiful girl. And then on top of that, unfortunately, we have Juliana Rancic for, on E! News, Fashion Police, talking about her. And she said because of the dreadlocks that... Um, Zendaya she looked like she smelled, smelled like patchouli oil, oil. Well, actually, and is, weed. Well, this is what she said. So that you know how they show people as they're walking down the red carpet and whatnot. So she's walking down the red carpet and she says, "I love the dress; it's very lovely and everything." She says, "But that hair—I'm not feeling the hair." They asked her why, and she said, "Well, she said I feel like she should be wearing patchouli oil, or she should smell like patchouli oil." And then Kathy Griffin said, "And weed." And then Juliana Rancic said, "Yeah, and weed." Right. Mm. Exactly. So, so actually, Kathy Griffin fire. was the one that said weed, but she was off camera. The only person that was on camera saying weed was Juliana. Right, and it was a little weird because here's the thing. If Joan Rivers said that, if even if Kathy Griffin said that, we give them a little leeway because they're comedians. Yeah. So we kind of, sometimes we make it okay for people to make fun of other people if they're a comedian. Juliana d- doesn't get that leeway at all. No, she's, she's a host. Yeah. She's, she's not a comedian. She's not a reporter. comedian. She's not a comedian, and she's not known for making those types of comments. Right. Stay in your lane, boo. Stay in your lane. Right, right, right. So there's some people calling for her to get um, fired. She came oh. out and apologized. To- I don't think that's necessary. No. She she did it. She learned from it. Let's move on. Right. She did uh, public... Uh, um- uh, she, well, did she did a public, public apology. Yeah, she, she publicly apologized yes. twice. That's she enough. Did. That she did. Exactly. And I thought that was enough too. Because <laughs> there were a lot of people saying that, you know, she came across as, um, that was how she felt. But right. if she came out and apologized, let's just. You know, I'm just going to quote on. Ava DuVernay on this one. We bless the ignorant and wish them well. Right. <laughs> Say that, Carla. <laughs> you know? Yes. And of course, Zendaya also, she wrote this beautiful long, um, uh, I guess she put it on Instagram and Twitter and said mm-hmm. how she felt and how it made her feel. And mm-hmm. I just was astounded because this girl's only 18. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's very well written. And She's a, very eloquent. She yeah. is. She mm-hmm. is. You did a good job raising her. I'm, I'm shaking <laughs> up. <girl. laughs> now Tammy Townsend has that job on right, Casey right. cover, so it's oh, all good. Right, right. <laughs> so, of course, she accepts the apology and, and Zendaya did say, you know, I hope other people who were offended also accept her apology. That's big. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's human and I think we're just a little too sensitive nowadays. Like, anytime anyone says anything out of character, we pounce on them and cause, I mean, um, and ask for their resignation. It's really not that deep. Juliana Rancic, and this is the thing, this is the thing that somebody else brought up a good point. I think it was Alfonso Ribeiro when they interviewed him. She only said what she probably says in the comfort of her own right. home mm-hmm. and around her friends. There just happened to be a camera roll in this time. That's the only difference. Right. And someone had to show her it was wrong. And I think Zendaya putting out that that was completely out of line. Right. That helped her. And she exactly. said it eloquently and with mm-hmm. class and, you know, and wasn't and didn't respond in a way that that some people would expect us to respond. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, moving on. She showed you with those dreadlocks, honey. <laughs> she did. Yes. She they did. were beautiful, too. They yeah, were. From, um, from Cosby Show. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's I her love- name? Trying to think of Denise was it? Yeah, Denise oh, yeah, on the yeah, show. Yeah. When she was had from Lisa that. Bonet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm trying to give me some. And you locks. know her da- her daddy has dreadlocks. Right. Everybody mm-hmm. in her there's a lot of people in Zendaya's family that have dreadlocks. And when I played her mom on Shake It Up, I had dreadlocks. I'm Did like, you? do I smell like patchouli oil and weed? I don't think so. Let me smell mm-hmm. you. Right. No, you good, Carla. I smell like frankincense and myrrh. <laughs> All right, gifts to Jesus. So you better oh, smell like frankincense and myrrh. All right, let's move on to some um, some music news. We got some new music out from the one and only Kanye West. Woo-hoo. 
But you know what? Okay, so he's got some new music that's been coming out. But this song, I actually kind of like. It's it's kind of hot. It's a headbanger, I would say. But he released it at the 2015 Brit Awards. He he performed it there, and of course, his wife Kim Kardashian West introduced him, and she told everybody they better get up. I was like, well, you better oh, have God. your man's back. <laughs> Make everyone get up for his performance. Oh, but this, this is, is a little a little clip of him performing the song all day. So yeah, as you can see, I mean, there's Lionel, Lionel Richie in there. Taylor Swift was getting it. I, I know, mean, she was living. She, she was. Did you see her swinging? Yes, she. This was her jam. I'm like, okay, they're friends now. <laughs> Great. Everything is Taylor's jam. She always been she, there dancing. She is. She's, just, she's a teenager. She should live her life. She, Have fun. Yeah, she's feeling it. But yeah, that's a new song, All Day by mm-hmm. Kanye West. I think it's gonna be a big hit. Um, he he. If you notice, there's a lot of people on the stage, and they all had on black, and they had on hoodies. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great way just to you know bring it back home and, and put out a political message without saying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Kanye's been known to do that. I think in the last few years, he's probably scaled back from saying, being so overt, like George Bush hates black people. So yeah, like, yeah, now yeah. he's giving Baby, messages. that is my all-time favorite yeah. Kanye West moment. Because the look on Mike Myers' yeah. face when he said it, he was like... And he didn't know what to do. He was like, <laughs> I don't know this man. He's not with me. Can I just get out of the frame real quick? I appreciated it. I think he's doing much better. And then it's been three years since um, things happened with Trayvon Martin. And I think a lot of people, we raise awareness. Yeah, we raise awareness when it's happening. But it's good that he's still making it relevant now. Right. Kudos to Kanye. Kudos to Kanye and the flamethrowing for his new song all day. So make sure you guys get that jam. So let's talk about you a little bit, Carla. You're so fancy. Now, you grew up. You're originally from St. Louis, right? I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. Yep. How was it growing up there? It was wonderful growing up there, you know, and I grew up there in a time where there wasn't a whole lot of crime going on. You could leave your doors open. You could leave your cars mm-hmm. unlocked. You literally could leave your door unopened and no one would walk up in your house or try to rob you or kill you or anything like that. It was mid- it's the Midwest. Right. So it was it was lovely growing up there. I, w- I wouldn't have it any other way. Right. How, how did you feel when you heard about all the things that went down in Ferguson with uh, Mike Brown? That hurt my heart. Mm-hmm. It actually it. It brings tears. It makes me want to cry, actually, because I... Two things. I'm really glad that Ferguson is getting that awareness because it's been like that for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as I can remember, it's just been like that. I'm just glad that the spotlight is being shined on it so that people can see right. the racism that exists still in the Midwest, especially in Ferguson, Missouri, for what it is. And we shouldn't have that in 2015. Like, at some point, the world and the people that live in it need to evolve and grow and move past all that little petty, racist you know, I don't like you because of the color of your skin stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it needs to roll back a little bit to what Martin Luther King said to judge somebody based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. You know, what they're doing and how they're doing it. Not, you know, because they're black, I'm, I'm, I'm going to arrest you. Right. Because you're black, I'm going to pull you over. Because right. you're black and in a nice car, I'm going to pull you over. I, I got pulled over that in St. Louis so all the time. Do mm-hmm. I look threatening? No. But it would happen wow. all the time. So, yeah, I... I'm hoping that, and what's really disheartening, the biggest thing that's disheartening about that whole situation is when um, the police officer, his name escapes me at the moment, but when he was arrested, 
what a lot of people don't know about that situation is that his whole family is in law enforcement in St. Mm. Louis. So there was no way he was going to get indicted because right. they were going to cover that up and make sure that he got off by any means necessary. Wow. That is sad. That's you know, so it, 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 it happens. It happens justice. all the time. We just don't shed a light on it, which brings me back around to freaking George Zimmerman got off again, y'all. I'm just glad to try. I, I, I don't even. Again. I don't even. Again. And I just read a tweet. I woke up to a tweet this morning and I forgot who wrote it and was like, I hope Trayvon kicked his ass. And, and, I, and I saw that. No, but I saw that and I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? I don't condone violence, but I hope he did. Because this man, for him to continuously get off, you're going to have to pay. He got somewhere. some good lawyers. He got some good lawyers. Because I'm telling you, if that had been a little black boy, Latino boy, right. Asian boy, anybody but him. It would have been a wrap. And you know what's crazy? He is half Latino, yeah, but is. the Zimmerman last name is what saved him. Exactly. <laughs> right. As you look at him, you don't think. Right, know, right. You think he, well, maybe he's got some, maybe he's Jewish and mixed with some milk. Right, right. You just don't know. But yeah, that, that whole situation was very unfortunate. And I am hoping that because it did happen and it did become international news, that maybe as a result of it, It'll scale back and we won't have to ever see that again or right. it's a little less. And I think some good things did happen out of it. As a result of it, the police officers around the country are starting to have to wear GoPro cameras. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so that you can see for yourself what the situation is as opposed to he says, she says. So that's the good thing that came out of it. Well, but yeah. it could always be more, you know. Let's hope that works because we see um, what happened with Eric Garner and yeah. filming. Now, it now, do you do- think that there's some fear that um, things like that have instilled in us since now it's that that's gone public. I feel like a lot of other stories around the country are coming out. Do you think that that has um, caused people oh, to be more fearful now? It's, it's, it's caused a huge awareness on that subject because before, if someone got arrested or if someone was beaten or or killed in a city for no apparently good reason other than them being who they were, you wouldn't hear about it. Right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't even make local news a lot of times. It would just be something that would be discussed within the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Now what's happening is, and I noticed that after that, it seemed like every week you were seeing a, a video of somebody in some town in some state that you'd never heard of right. mm-hmm. being, there was a woman that got dragged or something. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a woman that got late, uh, I think just a couple of days ago, there was a woman, a dis, uh, I think she was a mentally ill woman, got arrested, and they literally, they had her handcuffed, and they were dragging her on the ground by her feet. Oh, no. Mm-mm. This woman wasn't black. But they were dragged, but the police, but the black, the police officer was and was dragging her down the hall by her feet. And she kept saying, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. And she was mentally ill. Why do you need to drag her by her feet? Right. Down a hallway. Like, why is that necessary? Mm-hmm. He's been put on probation. But, you know, that kind of stuff happens every day and nobody hears about it. So having those cameras is a good thing. Oh, right. That's a right. good thing that came out of it. Well, you also, um, being from St. Louis, have you ever been to Sweetie Pies? Child, no. <laughs> every time I go to St. Louis, Sweetie Pies is closed. I'm like, how y'all always going to be closed? Right. And I see on TV, look like y'all always open more right. than ever. I come to St. Louis, they closed. <laughs> I wanted oh to know God. that because every time I watch that show on, on OWN, like, I really, it looks like a oh place that God, I want to come eat. I know. I want to go in there and eat Miss, meet Miss Robbie, but I'm just like, <laughs> I'm going to need Miss Robbie to open that up for me when I come into town. Right. I'm like, what's up with that? Come on, Miss Robbie. I need Robbie. to get her number. I'm like, Miss Robbie, come on now. Right, 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 right. That's <laughs> but, a, but are you into Chinese food from St. Louis? I hear they have the best. Beer really? From, yeah. yeah. Why? Girl. Oh, girl. 
Because the fried rice is really fried. It's Mm -hmm. not boiled rice with some vegetables in it. (laughs) I'm just saying. Is it really? I didn't know that. The fried rice in St. Louis is really fried rice, not boiled rice with some peas and carrots. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah, I went to Mizzou. All my friends. Okay. Okay. Never had no Chinese food. You ain't never had no Chinese food. Like you had it in St. Louis Mm -hmm. and it comes with some some, uh, 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 red pepper. Woo! Okay, I gotta go try this Ooh, Chinese food. If you ever go to St. Louis, you gotta have the Chinese food. It is the best Chinese food in the country. I promise you. Okay, if Definitely. Sweetie Pies is closed, then we're gonna get Chinese, Chinese food. food. <laughs> and it's cheap, too. Okay. And you get a whole bunch of Chinese food. Oh, girl, so good. <laughs> and the A Fu Young is good, too. Oh, mm-hmm. please. We all in here hungry now. I know, right, I'm starving. Right, right. I might have to take a trip to Steak and Shake. You know, they got Steak and Shake. I know, they now it's going on to the promenade. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't even ah. handle it. <laughs> This guy named Bob Bergen, who does the voice of Porky Pig, told me that the other day and sent me the link. I am so going there this weekend. I cannot wait. That oh is so gosh. funny. I'm from Kentucky, so I know about that steak and shake. Mm-hmm. You know about steak and shake? Yes, girl. It's those, just now got around the south for us, but I went to the Don't, take, don't get those milkshakes now. It's like 5,000 calories. Don't do it. I know, oh, but it's so, so good. good. Go take a spinning class. You'll get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, Carla, did you know that you always wanted to be an actress? Like, was it something you knew as a child? Well, I, I don't know if I knew that, but my mama definitely knew. Because my mother loves to tell this story about... Um, <laughs> there was a movie called The Miracle Worker with uh, Patty Duke and Anne Bancroft. And my mother said that I watched that movie with her and went to school the next day for like a week pretending I was blind. To the point where the teacher... <laughs> To the point where the teacher had to call my mother and say, could you please, please tell your child to act like she can see, please. How old were you? I don't even know how old I was, but my mother loves telling that story. And, and, and I was like, okay, well, clearly I had issues. Right. I thought you were, that is hilarious. I've seen that movie too. And my mother said I was walking around like this, oh like God. this. And the teacher would be like, Carla, and I'd be like, Yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's hilarious! And, and you, you, so your mom was a nurse, right? And my my mother is a registered nurse. Yeah, and your dad was a marine. Yes. Did how did they feel about you becoming an actress? Were they supportive, or they, were they like, "No, you need another job"? I think they were they were supportive to a point. Like they're supportive when I'm working, and then, <laughs> and then when I have big, huge stretches of time where I'm not working, they're like, "Maybe you might want to consider doing something else for a living." Cause <laughs> Like it's kind of working out, and I'm like, just be patient. It's all right. It's all right. right. But they're very proud of me. Like my mother said to me one day that she would have never imagined that I would be do- doing the things that I'm doing when she was um, growing up. Because when my mother was growing up, it right. was during the time of segregation, right? Mm-hmm. You know, depression during that time where you know you turned on television, you didn't see no, you didn't see us right. on TV, you didn't hear us on the radio, you didn't see us anywhere except on the street. If you saw us then. Right. So for my mother to turn on the TV set and see me, it's just the other day. We were, what were we doing? We were watching, we were watching Jimmy Kimmel, I think. And I have a, a commercial running right now for E-Trade with Kevin Spacey. Uh-huh. And it came on while we were watching Jimmy Kimmel. And my mother jumped up off the sofa. She was so excited. She was so excited because she could not get past the fact that I'm sitting in my bedroom with her. We're watching Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> but I'm on the TV set at the same time. Right. Like She oh, was mama. so excited. She jumped up and she started dancing around. It was, it's cool. Oh, that's cute. It's cool. Aww. Um, parents are our biggest fans. Right, that's, just, right. that's so beautiful. That is yeah, yeah, yeah. She's cool. So what made you uh, pick Howard University? Well, 
because I was a military brat, I went to schools that were predominantly um, our vanilla-hued people. <laughs> so, so vanilla-hued. <laughs> yes. So I was like, I didn't know what it was like to be around black students. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what that was like, and I really wanted to have that experience. So I applied to Spelman and Howard, and Howard took me. So I went there. All right, now. Well, Howard is a great school. And you did broadcast production. Why did you choose that as your... Because my mama said... Because I was like, I want to be an actress. I want to be an actress. I want to sing a Broadway. I want to sing a Broadway. And my mother was like, you need to pick something in case your voice stops working or you break a leg or something else that you know how to do. And thank goodness she did. Because who knew that in the 21st century as an actress... I would have to use all those skills that I learned at Howard University. Man. Every last thing, as a voiceover artist especially, because nowadays you have to have a home studio and you have to edit your own stuff. If I hadn't learned how to do that at Howard, I'd be booty out. Right, right. right. So, so while you were at Howard, you also did you win a Miss America pageant? No, I ran for Miss America at the state level. Okay, so I ran for Miss Maryland and I ran for Miss DC, and I was second runner up in the preliminary talent winner. Nice. Who was your your talent? Did you sing? Mm -hmm. What'd you sing? I sang "Come In from the Rain" by Melissa Manchester. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Oh, let me hear it. Go. Oh God, really? (laughs) I want to hear this. Wait, I had you so. <laughs> you want to do backup for you, girl? Let me stop lying. <laughs> okay, wait. All right, let me find the right key. Well, hello there, good old friend of mine. You've been reaching for yourself for such a long, long time. There's so much to say. No need to explain. And I can't remember. That's our girl. Yes, yes, Hercules, Hercules, good job. That's impromptu. I wish yes. I could do that. Yes. Uh, uh, girl, that's what I would tell. They'd be like, "No, ma'am, you do not win no runner-up position for this pageant." Uh, yeah, the pageants help pay my education at Howard. Oh, yeah, that's good. Pageants yeah. are so beneficial. Yeah, right. I did it for that reason because my mom, you know, uh, at this time, at that point in my life, my mother and father had had split up, and so my mother was trying to to get my brother and I educated on her own and, and I thought what could I do by myself to kind of help with that and when I saw that Miss America offered scholarships to you know continue your higher education I went for it. Oh yes. Good. Now a lot of people uh, there's a lot of pageant naysayers who think that you know we're all about world peace and whatnot. I'm a fellow pageant girl. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what can you just tell them how pageants have really impacted your life how they made you who you are I have to say that the pageants were very impactful because they taught me how to conduct myself in an interview like this today it taught me how to have eye contact when I'm talking right. it taught it taught me to um to be a little more pers- to bring myself into the situation as opposed to being someone I thought they wanted me to be mm-hmm. right and to just you know, carry myself with class and confidence and, and, and it gave me scholarship money. Right. Like I was able to pay my tuition and all my books at Howard. I would not have graduated from Howard University had it not been for the Miss America program. Okay. For real. Yes. That's the real tip. Yes. yes. So all of y'all that want to go to college and your parents don't have no money. <laughs> right, right, right. But you got some talent because don't, don't have somebody tell you you got talent and you sound like, you know, I'm, I don't know. Like somebody on Showtime at the Apollo. Don't do that. 
they got to do other than singing. They yeah, right. right. Singing, you know, dance and and don't go up there dancing. You know, doing a booty shake either. But if you have some talent, you know, and figure out what that is, then you know, run for a Miss America pageant. They give thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. to to really talented, gifted, intelligent young women to help further their education, and it works. Right. It is still around, so it works. Right. Definitely. I love them. I know. <laughs> so you went to New York after college. What made you make that move? Well, I wanted to be on Broadway. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I could take the train and stuff back and forth from D.C. to New York. But, you know, if you want to be on Broadway, you really have to be in New York City. It right. moves too fast for you not to. Right. So that's why I moved to New York. It was rough, too. Mm-hmm. It was about seven years before I even got a Broadway show. Really? Oh, yeah, and I was about to, I was ready to quit. Like, I literally was packing my suitcase and getting ready to <laughs> go back to D.C. Oh. to go to graduate school at Howard when someone called and said, oh, you know, they're auditioning for the Who's Tommy. I'm like, oh, I saw that movie. Tina Turner's in that movie. I said, are they going to have the Acid Queen in there? I could do the Acid Queen. So I auditioned for the Acid Queen, and I ended up being the Acid Queen's understudy. Look at mm-hmm. you. Okay. You know, right before someone quits, that's right when your right. blessing comes. Oh, please. That has been the mantra of my life. Every time I'm like, well, maybe I should do something else. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. <laughs> and every time I say that, something happens. This time last year, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. And then I booked seven jobs in one week. Oh, my God. Look. Maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. <laughs> Go ahead and like that. I literally was like, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to be an actor. Maybe I should be doing something else. Uh And I literally was shifting my focus to do something else when I booked seven jobs in one week. Mm -hmm. No exaggeration. Mm -hmm. That is a blessing. Yes, yes. But you've done Broadway. Um, You've done How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying with Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Avenue Q, um, who has Smokey Joe's Cafe. And you also got an NAACP Theater Award nomination. I did for for The Lion King. Yes. What was that like when when you heard that you got that nomination? I thought somebody was playing. I thought they were joking. Because one of my friends kind of said, girl, congratulations on your NAACP nomination. I'm like, what? Why? You didn't even know. No, I didn't know. I was. I don't even know what I was doing, but I remember my friend calling me up, telling me that I got a nomination. I was like, that's crazy. I didn't get no nomination. I, I got off the phone, and then my phone started ringing wow. off the hook with people going, congratulations, congratulations. I was like, oh my god. As a matter of fact, me... I shared a dress room with the girl that played Rafiki and the girl that played Nala. All three of us got nominated. Oh, that's good. I'm like loving this. The Lion King is my favorite movie and they have it on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I love doing the Lion King. It was great. Mm -hmm. It was one, it was hands down one of my favorite shows to do because I got to work with Julie Taymor I'd never worked with a director that was a female before Mm -hmm. so that was new and she was the uh, original you know it wasn't like they brought in somebody else and let them do it I got to work with Julie Taymor I got to work with the original production team for The Lion King the same way the Broadway cast is so it was really cool that's good yes No, but when did you decide to move to LA for acting? Um, I think it was nineteen ninety eight or ninety nine, somewhere somewhere around in there. I actually didn't move. This is what happened. I came out here. I was working with this girl in How to Succeed on Broadway, and she every year she would come out here from New York and she would book like two or three pilots mm-hmm. and come back and be chilling for the rest of the year. I'm like, I need to do that. <laughs> to go do that so I made arrangements to come out here for pilot season and I literally was just coming for pilot season and then 
through a variety of unfortunate events. I didn't book anything. I ended up not having representation. And I'm like, well, I can't go back to New York. I haven't done anything yet. So I stayed here and literally it wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. I'm like, oh, let me go on back to New York with my little tail between my legs. And then I booked The Lion King. And after that, it was off and crack-a-lacking. Oh, yes. Yes, that's it. Now, speaking of Black History Month. Yes. You made some history of your own, being the only African-American to ever appear on four networks simultaneously. Yep. Yes. Go, girl. So tell them which shows. It was Shake It Up on the Disney Channel, Hardy Dixie on the CW, How to Live with Your Parents for the Rest of Your Life on ABC, and Mr. Box Office, which was on Centric BET. So wait a minute. Did they all air, like, in the same week or something? Or how did that happen? Well, what happened was is I started out with Shake It Up is what happened. And then while I was recurring on Shake It Up, I booked Heart of Dixie. Okay. And then while I was doing juggling both of those, I booked How to Live with Your Parents Amen. for the Rest of Your Life. And then I booked Mr. Box Office. <laughs> so I knew definitively what Shake It Up schedule was because I'd been on there for a couple of seasons. So I knew what I could and couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And then Heart of Dixie would only use me for um, a couple of months out of the year. So I knew definitively I would work at Heart of Dixie like from March to May. And from September, October, November. So any other time, I knew I could do it. And they and they were really everybody was really good about working around my schedule. Oh, Maybe once in mm-hmm. the whole time I was doing it, it didn't work out. But for the most part, it kind of worked itself out. Oh, good! Okay. Look, look at that overflow. Right, <laughs> it was great. It was crazy. I was like, "Ooh, is this what it's like to be a working actress? I like Ooh, this. Yes. Ooh, yeah, we have this happen all here. the time." <laughs> It was fun. So you do voiceovers as well. I do. And you are actually the voice of Lisa Lynn on what Grand Theft Auto Auto. 4. Mm -hmm. How did you get that? What what was the process? Okay, literally, I was on Broadway in Avenue Q, and the producers for that version of the game had seen the show and offered me the gig. Really? Yep. They saw Avenue Q and called my agents and said, we want her to do a voice on Grand Theft Auto. Is she available? And is it, do you have to do anything special for this voice or is it just like your regular talking voice? They literally just wanted me the way I talk. Wow. Go. That is a blessing. Which is not the way I talked in Avenue Q, which is really kind of funny. So (laughs) they must have like seen something with me talking on the internet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they literally just wanted me to talk like me and brought me in. And I just have to say, video game voiceover work is really difficult. Is it? What do you have to do? You're doing a lot of screaming and yelling for about eight hours. So you really have to take care of your voice. You have to make sure that you eat the right stuff, you know, before going in there, that you're very well hydrated, that you're hydrated while you're doing it because you can um, damage your vocal cords doing that. What like what kind of things do they have you do? They have a script and then you just have to say stuff? They have a script and they have all the lines of my character and they'll tell me what order that they want me to do them in and how many, like, they'll give me a line like, um... I'll just say, so we want you to say you're on Black Hollywood Live. And then they'll say, so say it gruff. Say it with a laugh. Say it with a smile. Say it crying. And they'll give you all these different ways that they want you to say it. And then they'll say, okay, we want you to yell like you're being hurt with a hammer. And you you have to scream. And there's different variations to the screen. Like it's it's a lot of work, wow. and they do, and it moves really fast, and they spend a lot of money, so they do not have the time right. for you to go. Okay, wait a minute. Um, um. Okay, okay. Oh no, no. Wait, wait. Okay, I don't. I like. Okay, wait. They don't right. have time for that. Like you got to hit it and quit it. Oof, they really man. don't have time. So they, what's like your diet that you stay on to keep your voice together? Oh, child, I ain't on no diet. No. <laughs> 
do these boobs look like I want to die? What I do is I make sure that I drink a lot of water every day. I make sure that I have at least eight, eight glasses or a gallon of water a day. I make sure that, um, I keep my, my meals, what I eat for my meals. I try to keep it to like proteins and salads and vegetables and fruit. I try not to eat a whole lot of sugar. Mm. Which don't always happen. Oh yeah. Um, I try you. to if I know I have a session coming up, like if I know I'm gonna do a session tomorrow, I will not drink any alcohol because okay. alcohol dries you out. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's right. just not good. Right. Your skin looks great. I know, you look beautiful. Look, I was yeah. like, oh girl, yeah. that's what that I need some water. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I need <laughs> a couple of gallons. Uh, yeah, Let me step thank my you. water drinking. Thank you. So you play Susie on CW's Heart of Dixie. I do. And it's the last season for the show. It Tell is. us what it was like playing being a part of that show oh my goodness heart of dixie again hands down was one of my favorite tv shows to be on and and be involved in because we had a good time all the time we laughed 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 all the time everybody on that show was so silly acting Mm -hmm. that we just cracked up all the time and the creator lila gerstein was really wonderful in taking a town like bluebell alabama Mm -hmm. and making it multicultural like we had black people we had latin people we had asian people we uh, a little bit of everything lived in bluebell Alabama and she was very definitive about making sure that the cast was very well rounded in that respect to the point where we had I think it was 30 plus recurring characters on Heart of Dixie which is a lot that for is, one yeah. show and she knew everybody's name and she knew how she wanted everybody to act and this real quick this one story that I have about her I remember one day I had one line I had an episode where I had one line and I was salty about it I'm not even gonna lie I was salty <laughs> I was salty and talked myself out of being salty in my car ride on my way to the to the studio. And when I got on set that day, Lila walked up to me and introduced herself. This was early on during the first season. I think uh-huh. it was the last episode of the first season. She walked up to me, introduced herself, and she said, I just want to thank you for being here. We know how talented you are, and I'm sorry I don't have a lot for you to do today, but I really appreciate you Aww. being here and doing this episode for us. And I looked at her, and I said, well, Miss Lila Gerstein, I will come up in here and have no lines as long as you want me to be here. I appreciate you saying that to me. I've never worked with an executive producer that thanked you for being there. Wow, that's nice. I'm just saying, she thanked me for being there. I had one line. She had nothing to gain from saying that to me. Nothing. Nothing. But she she saw my resume. She know what kind of credits I have, and that that I'm a smart cookie, and that you know I could easily have been doing something else if I chose to do that. But I wanted to be at Heart of Dixie because I loved working there, mm-hmm. and she thanked me for that, and I really appreciated that. Ooh, you better take that salty mess away. Like I, I never did. Girl, I was in that car. <laughs> I promise you, I was in that car going, "Oh my god!" I just mad right just mm. mad because the episode before i had mad screen time and then this time i literally had one line and i know with one line they could if it's not integral to the storyline right. they can go like this right mm-hmm. so i was like just salty well at least it worked out in your favor right. honey did. Really so you've been singing and you also did some uh background backup singing for tracy chapman michael bolton the, the late phoebe snow i did what, what's your favorite type of music country Really? Both mm-hmm. <laughs> of both of y'all remember really? that. Really? <laughs> really? I heard Kentucky, you know. That. that was hilarious. Both of y'all were like, what? I know, right? <laughs> what? Why country? I'm from 
from Missouri, Ozark Mountains, honey. I grew up on country music. Uh-huh. I just, I grew up on country music, and I just love it. It tells a story. Right. And truth be told, you know, the blues and gospel music is the basis for all types in, of genres of music. So, you know, country's not that far removed from R&B. Right. It really isn't. I love me some country music. Why not the Judd is my favorite. Is she? Oh my God, please. <laughs> I went, I drove all the way to San Diego to go to a Winona concert uh-huh. and I was the only black person there. Just, <laughs> okay. just saying. And knew all the words and people were like, really? <laughs> they just looked at me like, does she really know all the words? I'm like, yes, boo, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, that was a bit. shocker, but I mean, being, being from Texas, my dad is in the country too, so I get it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just couldn't get into it. Yes, I love me some country music and I think followed closely behind that might be rock. Really? Really? Yeah, shocking us. I did a musical for Queen called "We Will Rock You," Mm -hmm. where I sang all. uh, I sang another one. Bites the dust was my solo. Okay, I love rock and roll. I do. Not all of it. (laughs) Let's be clear. Not all all of of it. it. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Like the heavy metal, mm, not so much. But I I, like the old school rock and rollers. You know, Aerosmith, Queen, Mm -hmm. uh, ABBA. Like the old school rock and rollers. I really like them. Some of the new ones I like. You know, and I really like Rascal Flatts, country wise, Mm -hmm. uh, the new group. And I, I like Carrie Underwood. Okay. Okay. You know. And uh, Miranda Lambert. I love Miranda Lambert because Miranda Lambert is straight up old school country. She is. She She's is, straight yeah. up old school country. Baby, she would wear a dress with the with the yes. neck down to her navel, just titties everywhere. <laughs> and I'm just like Miranda girl, random girls in. Right. And she talks with that twang. And she, but I love her because she is straight up country. She does not apologize for who she is mm-hmm. ever. Right. And her music is the bomb. Right. All right. Well, you're also a co-host on UBN Radio. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you got into that. I literally was brought in as a guest, and then I kept being asked back as a guest co-host. And then eventually, uh, Tony Sweet, who's, whose show I'm on, On Air with Tony Sweet, he asked me to just, would you mind being my permanent co-host? And I was like, oh, okay. What? Okay. <laughs> so now I do their movie reviews for them. I just did the Oscars. And um, I read your stuff on your the blog. I know you did. Yes. Like, oh, I did. Like really, yes. I was reading it, and I was telling Jarrell, right? I was telling Jarrell that um, I shot my stuff on my Samsung Five S. <laughs> Did you, girl? What? On, look, I saw the selfie. Are, look, when you are a diva on a budget, you got to make it work. Right. I had an LED light on a tripod, and I had my cell phone on a tripod, and I had a iRig microphone plugged in. It was like, See? look at you, one man band, and it's it. amazing. Oh my god, the quality is amazing. So then, um, you know, you're a busy lady. You got that stuff going on. Are you in a relationship? No. What do you look for in a significant other? I look for somebody, first and foremost, they have to have a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. They have to have a sense of humor. They have to be a little on the geek side, because I'm like a secret techno geek. Like, I love, love, love technology. Mm -hmm. And they have to be kind of um, social. You know, somebody that likes to go out, go to movies, go to a couple of parties every once in a while. Because I'm not like a party animal, but every mm-hmm. once in a while, I get invited to some nice four-ways. And it would be nice, you know, to have somebody on my arm and, you know, just hang out with when there are those times where you're not really congregating with the other guests at the party. And mm-hmm. it's just y'all, you know. Mm-hmm. Hello, so, hello, Twitter men. Right, right. Twitter people. <laughs> Please. In no. the Twitter sphere. Okay, so if your ideal Valentine's Day gift, because I was telling them that uh, one terabyte, that's me. <laughs> Give me a terabyte you got my heart forever. Uh, <laughs> girl, what? A terabyte or a new microphone? Right. Or some kind of ga- well, please, any kind of gadget. I am gadget 
queen. I was telling Courtney on before we got on the air, I said, listen, I said, I taught myself how to use Final Cut Pro, iMovie, Adobe Reader. I, I will sit there for hours trying to learn how to use something. I will do that too. Notes. Anytime I get something new, I always read the manual. It'll take me like six hours. <laughs> I saw that person. I will sit for hours and try to figure out how to use something because I just lo- I love things that are innovative and new that you can learn how to do something, you know, really creative and cool with it. I right. love that. Mm-hmm. But let's so talk what, about uh, uh, one of the most challenging obstacles you faced in your career. What mm-hmm. has that been? Ooh, that's a good question. I would say the most challenging obstacle is trying to make sure that my brand is understood, that I'm understood as in, in terms of what I, what it is I'm trying to sell as an actress. Right. Because, you know, a lot of people assume that because you're black, you're either Monique or you Halle Berry. There's no in between. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, right. So... I'm smack dab in the middle. And right. for that reason alone, it's really hard. So that would be the biggest challenge to let people know, you know, I'm not Halle Berry. I'm not drop dead gorgeous. And that's cool. I'm cute. I'm good with that. But I'm not Monique either. So you got to find that balance and you have to, you have to teach people how to, to pitch you and how to brand you. And as an actor, sometimes that can be really difficult because they get, um, tunnel vision right and and they don't want to see past what they already know they don't want to move out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. to right. help you move out of yours right mm, definitely so mm. what upcoming projects do you have let's hear about that hmm well i just finished judging the spotlight awards which is a organization uh, which is associated associated excuse me with the music center here in los angeles down there with the dorothy chandler pavilion and the um the mark taper forum is downtown they do a contest every year where they look for the best vote Vocalist, jazz instrumentalist, um, non-classical and classical in all of those categories. Okay. And it's open to kids between the ages of 13 and 17. Oh, wow. And so I just finished months and months and months of judging that. So we have the finals of that um, rolling up at the end of March. Awesome. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. Well, you weren't like Simon Cowell. <laughs> you were like nice, right? Yeah, I was. T- I was the. I was. I was kind of like the Paula. Like I was okay. the one that would cry when somebody touched me Aww. with their song. Like I was Aww. that chick. Like there was one. That, but um, I judged the um, acting category and the vocal category. And there was this one girl that did this monologue that touched me so much. I was in the ugly cry and had to leave the room. Oh no. <laughs> Not. Oh my God! I have to leave the. I literally had to leave the room. And then I'm um, Heart of Dixie is still running on Friday nights, you know, eight o'clock. And so I'm in the episode tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, we have all of that happening. And um, what else am I doing? I sing around town every once in a while um, at Vitello's or down at uh, Rockwell Table and Stage. Okay. I'll sing down there sometimes. And I have a blog, of course, Corner dot com where I do my movie reviews and premieres and festivals and everything and I think I'm uh, getting ready I'm gearing up to go to the Tribeca Film Festival Mm -hmm. to cover that and the LA Film Festival is coming up and I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we get to go to Cannes this year well you know I'll be reading Oh yeah, I love it. I'm so excited. I love the fact that you read that. Yes. I love that. Yes. And where can your fans find you on social media? They can find me. Uh, I have a website, CarlaRenata.com, and my Twitter is C A Renata R E N A T A, and my blog is CarlaRenata'sCorner.com, and everything else you can find on the website or on the blogs. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. 
Well, thank you so much, yes. Carla, uh, for sharing your life sure. with us. I, I want to talk to you forever. Yes. For real, girl. You are amazing. Aw, thank y'all. That was so sweet. Thank you. And where can we find you, Courtney? You guys can keep in touch with me at Tesnos on Twitter and Instagram. Please let me know what you thought about this episode and comment. Yes. And as always, you can find me, Megan Thomas, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MegScoop. And anytime you have a comment, just make sure you hit the hashtag BHL next. I have like so many shows. BHL next. <laughs> and let us know what you think. And shout out to Carla Renata. Make sure you hit her up as well and watch Heart of Dixie tonight, every Friday at 8 p.m. Yep, yep. Until next week, folks. Hello. From producers Maria Menounos, Terry Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood redefined. All right. The views expressed here are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.